eBay Motors is here for the ride. Elbow grease and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles in a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. LED headlights, spoilers, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it at affordable prices. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Thanks for listening to CarCast on Podcast One. Hey guys, welcome to CarCast. I'm Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea, here with Bill Goldberg. How are you, Bill? I'm good, buddy boy. How are you? Doing well. Getting uh, ready to close it out for the year. <laughs> right? Yeah. Close out for the year. So what happens with construction on the garage during the next couple of weeks? Do do the guys take a break and you just stare at uh, stuff? or yeah, yeah, they're, they got- taking, they're taking a break because it didn't start. We got postponed again. <laughs> postponed again why because you changed the plans or the weather changed (laughs) oh yeah the weather the weather changed to something that's perfect to be constructing a building in you know 80 degrees beautiful so you know it's just i let's get get rid of 2021 yeah i know let's just move on let's just move on uh we're gonna end the year on a bang with our friend Alistair Weaver from Edmunds.com. And Alistair uh, already hit the road. He started his traveling a bit early because he's an international man. Uh, Alistair, how are you? I'm good. Or uh, bonjour, Matt. Are, are you in, are you in France right now? What time is it? <laughs> it's uh, six p.m. in in France in in COVID ridden Europe actually. So I'm kind of ho- slightly nervous about getting home again, but. Uh, yeah, it's pretty pretty crazy over here at the moment, but I'm in France at the moment, then into the into UK to see my parents just after Christmas. Okay, well, that's uh, didn't didn't know we were allowed to travel. Really, I have no idea. I've been out of the loop on on all of that, but uh, I guess you got your international baby uh, pass. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, it's kind of an interesting conversation. I actually was. Uh, you might have seen in the news they they changed the travel restrictions between France and the UK because of all the Omicron stuff going on. And I um I'd literally checked into the train to go to the UK when they changed the rules. So I was technically out of France, but not into the UK when I had to turn around again. And I was trying to explain that I have a I'm a British guy with a French wife and an American baby. And how did that apply? How did the rules apply? And they were all looking at their iPhones. All oh, this is the French police and the British police yeah. at their iPhones. Nobody knows. So anyway, I'm I'm held up in France and then trying to uh, trying to get back to the UK on the 26th, which is going to be entertaining. So yeah. I, I think I'm having seven COVID tests between leaving LA and getting back to LA. So uh, <laughs> it's like 800 bucks as well. It's crazy. Oh yeah, yeah. I didn't think about that. Um, okay, well, listen. I want to get into some stuff. I know we're ending the year on uh, on some some big news uh, from Edmonds with their. With their uh, with their awards, they're basically their their big awards. We can get into the details before we get started. Let me just uh, shout out to our friends at Geico. Whether you own your home or rent your home, we know it can be a lot of hard work, but you know it's easy bundling your policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners and renters insurance along with your auto policy, and we know that's a good thing too because you have so much to do around your home already. So just go to geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you can save. It's Geico easy. 
visit geico.com today. Uh, I wonder if Geico could let me bundle my tractor insurance that I rolled <laughs> down the, into the ravine uh, <laughs> with my six-wheeler insurance, which Gage put on its side. <laughs> Wait, but except this is not the first time you guys have done this, by the way. <laughs> you and Gage both have rolled farm equipment. <laughs> yeah, baby, run the thing. <laughs> i'm so proud of that too <laughs> i don't know what kind of At the end of the year man to throw a little comedic thing into our room. i i don't know what kind of antics you guys are doing out there but it doesn't sound like you're ranching very much if you're rolling farm equipment where you guys we're, hey we're ranching and rolling ranching and rolling that's the thing ranching and rolling um okay so <laughs> i guess we'll have to look that up uh alistair uh I saw on social media, you guys are teasing all the videos, getting it out there. The end of the year results, right? This is your, uh, what are you calling it? 2022? Yeah. Ed- Edmund's top rated 2022, which is the third year that we've actually done these awards. And and the idea is that it's a, it's a wrap up to the year, but we're not just celebrating the best cars that happened to come out this year, like a lot of other awards. We're trying to recognize sort of true excellence. So this is recognizing the best cars, trucks, SUVs, EVs that are on sale right now, So, which means that we do have repeat winners. In fact, we've got a couple of cars that have won for the last three years. So we take, we're approaching it a little bit differently, but we just want to recognize you know, the best of the best. The Bill okay, Goldbergs so- of the, uh, the audience. <laughs> I think. uh okay so yeah a lot of best of the year awards usually go out to new vehicles or new products that were released during during that calendar year uh but what you're saying is is anything new can also compete with anything currently on the market so cars and trucks and suvs and stuff if it's currently sold on the market it's still a contender yeah, because the problem is you you arrive at a place, and I've been involved in lots of awards things over the years, but you arrive at a place, if you're not careful, where something wins your car of the year, and then it loses the group test. So it's kind of a mixed messaging to somebody to say, this is the, you know, this is our car of the year, but it's not as good as X or Y. Um, so we're just trying to say, look, these are the best cars for next year in, in their given categories, which is also why we don't have an overall winner. So we have we break everything up into this year nine categories, uh, SUVs, trucks, EVs. I can I can talk you through it. Um, so the idea being that if you just want to have a you know this is the best car for me right now, then you know we'll provide that answer. I I was actually cruising around on the site because I'm look I look forward to this stuff as as a as a good jumping off point as a buying guide. So I go and I look at what the top winners are and then. I look at the top three or four in that category as well to start to think about, okay, usually the top two or three, right, are pretty close together in in points that you can make a pretty good decision if you're looking at the top three in each one of these categories, unless there's a category where a particular vehicle just swept it in the points and the second and third place cars are junk. (laughs) Yeah, which tends not to happen. And what what we do, if you look at, you know, we only have nine categories. So you look at SUVs, for example, we break that up into what you might call mainstream and then the luxury stuff. So you're right that maybe you want a, you know, a, 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 a compact luxury SUV. The Genesis GV70 won that class this year. Last year's winner was the Mercedes GLE, which nearly won again. 
So yeah, you'd look at it and say, if I need more space, then the GLE still makes still makes more sense. So you know, there's some judgment calls along the way, but you can't have like 30 awards. Right. So the GV70, by the way, is a very very nice SUV. They nailed it as far as styling, the interior. You know, diamond stitch. It does a great job. That's the car <laughs> that I drove out to uh, to Vegas, I think, for uh, Barrett Jackson. Um, and that was the one that every time I rolled into like the back loading dock area, people working out there and like, is this a Bentley? I go, no, but Genesis really is happy that you think it is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're they're probably very pleased with that remark. Yeah, they've done a they've done a really nice job with it, um, and actually at a decent price as well. So it competes directly with things like the Mercedes GLC, BMW X3, but you also save a few grand as well. So, um, you know, it's a great all-round thing. So let's walk through some of the winners, and then uh, I'm sure we'll have a few questions in the process. But um, let's start with what's the most popular category based on your data, I guess? Like, what are the most viewed categories? SUVs are obviously very popular, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it's 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 our old favorites. It's SUVs, uh, trucks, EVs. So um, where do you want to start, Mark? You pick. I, you know, it's funny is because I would think that trucks is a popular category, but there's usually just three big contenders in the pickup truck market, and they just kind of swap places. Mostly two of them swap places <laughs> over, the, over the course of the years. Uh, I, think, I think in the pickup truck category, you have the F-150, as the as the winner in that group but did did we get anything new this year in in that truck market yeah we had the 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 tundra was the closest thing actually and the new um the new trenders are really can't speak the new tundra is a is a really good thing fantastic interior really nice use of technology looks pretty cool um, it was just marked down really because you don't quite get the breadth of the range that you do in the the F one fifty. You know, we love that hybrid powertrain as well, which gives you all the versatility um, with a load deck and some of the um, some additional power uh, power options. So Tundra was the only thing that was uh, was standout as as a, as a genuinely all new truck. Um, but we also had um, so the F one fifty won the truck award, but we did actually give an award to an additional truck because we had. This year, we introduced a new class called Editor's Choice, and the idea was there's a bunch of vehicles that don't naturally fall into into the categories, but we think, you know, potentially worthy of recognition. So the criteria were, were vehicles that exceeded expectations and also delivered something genuinely new. And there was a couple of contenders for that. One was the Bronco, um, and then the other one was the Rivian R1T, so the first electric uh, pickup truck. And in the end, we gave the award to the Rivian, partly because the Bronco, the Bronco is great. In fact, we've just taken delivery of ours, but uh, it's great. But it is a kind of version of a Jeep Wrangler, whereas the Rivian, I think, is, is you know, the first electric truck. And, you know, we'll have a few more next year, but, uh, you know, it's a, it's a great thing. Right. OK, so hold the phone for a second. Did you just say you got delivery of your Bronco? <laughs> It's, we, we it's been did like 400 a, days, a, right? <laughs> a year late, literally yeah. a year late. <laughs> uh, okay, so well, late congratulations. Even, so late that I haven't even seen it yet because I was already on a flight to Europe by the time it arrived. So, um, <laughs> of course. I know uh, it's blue. Oh, it's blue. And did yeah. you get a hard top? Uh, yes, it was the top that we changed about six times. But we, we have got a hard top, but we haven't got a soft top, which is what we originally wanted. So it's a, it's okay. a first edition, 
blue with Sasquatch and well, it's basically got all the trimmings. It's the so, four door. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The four door. I, I can't wait to see it. And uh, you mentioned Rivian. Are you guys buying a Rivian? Uh, that's the, the plan that we, uh, that, that's the plan that we're going to, um, we, we're going to look to, we, we're quite interested in buying, um, a lot of the startup EVs because, you know, particularly with the startup brands, particularly with the new technology, a lot of the, a lot of the proof, uh, you know, the proof comes from, from living with it and, you know, spending a year and doing a ton of miles in them. It's, it's all very well going to a press event and driving it for a couple of hours and, coming to an opinion but we really want to live with a, a lot of these new cars and just you know experience what a customer will do you know i i know the the rivian uh the r1t that's the pickup truck right that yeah. it is smaller than an f-150 but i think everyone's going to be looking at ford lightning versus rivian pickup trucks and uh, i i it's it's kind of a gamble. It's like the Rivian's kind of cool. It's a little faster. It's probably got a little bit more range. Uh, it's got some neat features on it, but the Ford potentially has, uh, you know, a hell of a lot more experience <laughs> behind it with the company. I mean, you could argue that the powertrains are both new to those companies. But the rest of the F-150 is not really that new. So when you start to look at things like fit and finish and door gaps and features that people have asked for on trucks over the years and, and the way all, you know, all the, the, the big truck companies, you know, Ram, even Tundra, you know, Toyota, uh, Chevy, Ford, what they've done to their trucks over the years has been as a result of decades of feedback. So I... The Rivian seems very interesting to me, but uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'd, he- I'd, be, I'd hesitate to pull the trigger on one or the other as a customer without really starting to see some heads up comparison, right? I, yeah, and I think that's why we're, we're looking, you know, the fortune is we're looking to buy, buy both of them. We've got an order in for the, um, for the Lightning. I mean, the Lightning is going to be bigger. It's also it's going to be potentially cheaper. I mean, it starts at a much lower price point. The Rivian starts at 75. You know, you're going to be able to get a Lightning for certainly under uh, under 50. Um, but I think, you know, you will also be able to spec a Lightning up, up to 70, 80 grand, just as you can a normal F-150. More than so, that, the Platinum long range, whatever they're saying, 94, 96,000 bucks. You can, you know, you're knocking on the door of $100,000. <laughs> yeah, and, and the Rivian... The Rivian, you're probably going to be spending just over 80. I mean, honestly, I know Rivian's just had this crazy IPO and, you know, it's yeah. now worth, what, $120 billion as we speak or something like that. Yeah. Um, there's very little margin in this truck. I mean, you know, we've been in the game long enough to understand, you know, where money's made in cars. You know, you look at the size of the battery pack and what's on that thing. You know, they might be making money in the stock market. They're not making money from the trucks, <laughs> I, would, I, would, I would suggest. Uh, yeah, and look... Uh- do we have another viable contender coming out within a reasonable time frame? Something the beginning to mid next year. And I'm not talking, you know, Hummer EV because that's that's not really a contender per se. The thing is massive, and it's, I mean, it's cool, it's gimmicky, and it's just, but it's not really a competitor. You're not going to get the thing for sixty five grand. 
No, I mean, the, the Hummer's going to be well over 100. No, I mean, the big one on the horizon, allegedly, is the Cybertruck. But, um, you know, that was supposed to be <laughs> so here nothing. now. So, <laughs> so zero. So who so knows? <laughs> would you, would you, would you, uh, Hummer would be good in Texas, Bill, surely. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, it, yeah, sm- it wouldn't be as good as my TRX, but yeah, I would, I'd give it a try for sure. I need to get out of a couple uh, ravines and do that sideways. The crab walk. Crawling crab walk thing. Yeah. I mean, you know, hey, I, I, I'd give it a shot for sure. I, I would say but this. like It doesn't weigh very much. Yeah, right. It doesn't weigh very much. I, when you test it, I want to see if that thing stops. But <laughs> it's an interesting point, Bill, is is where you are. If, if the Hummer has a pretty decent range and, you know, as as kind of a as kind of a cool commuter vehicle, it's big. It's going to be something that would fit you well. Uh, it's you're able to like, yeah, the range the, is the key. Though. Yeah. I don't know what the range is going to be on the, on the Hummer. Do you know, Alistair? Uh, I, I mean, I expected to probably be around the 300 mark yeah. uh, in reality. Everything's settling around sort of, you know, three, two fifty to 400. You know, we were having this conversation the other day, too, about the EV stuff going, you know, the EV stuff is getting interesting, and I would consider getting an EV, but it just seems like we're, uh, you know, two years away, maybe three, but probably two years away from all of these vehicles jumping from that 250 to 300 mm-hmm. range to the, you know, to the 450 to 500 range mark, whatever it's going to take. It seems like obviously a couple things lucid and whatever are, are getting there. Uh, and maybe Mercedes is, is got their, their version of it, but it just seems like we're going to find a way to do it. And by the way, I don't mean just in battery technology. I just mean in the car companies going, okay, we found out how to make the vehicles a little bit lighter, how to slim back on, on a few things that are overbuilt on the cars and we can save a little bit of money and we can improve a little bit aerodynamics and we can found some better packaging and better programming. And, you know, that probably accounts for, you know, 10 to 20% of the range. And then the rest is battery technology. Yeah. And that's, I think that's the dilemma because you can give something a massive range. You just bolt in more batteries, but then you're carrying around a ton of weight. (laughs) I mean, the Rivian, I think we talked about this on the last time I was on, wasn't it? The Rivian weighs 7,200 and something pounds when mm-hmm. we put it on the scales. In fact, it's a cool thing in Europe that you'd have to have like a light commercial. You'd have to have like an additional driving license because it's so heavy in Europe. So it weighs <laughs> pretty much the same as like a F-250 or F-350, a heavy-duty truck. So, you know... Yeah, crazy because it's so small. Like it's and then they're gonna do a, size. They're going to do a long-range pack, which will have an even bigger battery. So, and, and it's the least efficient vehicle we've ever tested. I mean, okay, it's the first pickup. So, you know, fair, fair, fair enough at, at some level. But yeah, you can solve the problem by just bolting in more battery, but then you bolt in more weight and you bolt in yeah. more cost. So if, I think efficiency will come. There's also that point about if the infrastructure gets better as well, then maybe 300 miles is okay. You know, 300, 350 consistently. But, you know, this is the challenge at the moment um, is that the infrastructure isn't great. Um, and that's Tesla's, as we know, that's Tesla's big advantage. So w- what would your advice be to everyone that wants to go out and get Rivians and Lightnings and Humvees? Just lease, just lease it, right? Just everyone should just lease it because in three years when your lease is up, there's going to be a version with double the range. <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's 
that's historically been the been the advice um, that you just you get get. Um, sorry, I just have a. I, I have a, uh, my um, my wife's niece joining me momentarily. Hi. So, um, um, <laughs> bonjour, Ombre. Uh, let me continue for a moment. Uh, <laughs> okay. Where was I? I've lost my train of thought. I was saying, should we just lease the oh, electric vehicles? Yeah, lease, yes. lease the electric vehicles. Yeah, lease, uh, <laughs> lease the vehicles. Um, I think at the moment, I mean, it's a funny market, right? Because used car prices are still at a crazy place. And I think they're going to be at a crazy place at least for the next year before um, inventory catches up. So even if you bought a Model 3 or something like that at the moment, you're making money on it. But, uh, yeah, if you want to hedge your bets, and particularly in the luxury market, then, you know, lease one for three years because the technology is moving on so fast. Mm -hmm. You just sort of hedge hedge your bets a little bit. Okay, so – Let's let's get back into some of the SUV categories. You've got them sort of scaled up as you know, sort of small, medium, and large, and then you have luxury, small, medium, and large. <laughs> Is that right? Or maybe small, medium, extra small, medium, <laughs> large, and extra large. Bill needs a two XL. We know that. Yeah, we made sure the, top, the, the top category. <laughs> yes, yeah, so that's one of the challenges that you know you just got everything from a. You know, from a from a twenty from a twenty grand Nissan all the way all the way through to a Maybach or something. But no, I mean in in the non luxury class, uh, yeah, we we basically pull together all the SUVs that are topping their rankings because on our website we have we have everything ranked according to its class, so subcompact, compact, etc. And then for these awards, we we look at what's the best overall. So this year it, in the SUVs, it actually fell down to to two Kias. Um, so the Sorento was new this year. We think it's we think it's a really solid thing. Uh, looks good, nice technology, um, great interior. But then the Telluride is just that little bit more. Still looks fantastic. Gives you a ton more space. Yeah, it's it's a little bit costly to run in in terms of the fuel economy, but it's such a good vehicle. So that actually wins for the th- for the third year in a row. Um, and I mean, it's so good that they're still charging, you know, dealers are still, and I know you love this, Matt, they, dealers are still charging over MSRP for Tellurides, which is, which is crazy for a Kia, right? I, I, I just, I, I just don't get it. I don't get it, but I like the Telluride. I don't like markups. So we'll just leave it at that. Uh, the Telluride though, is a larger SUV. That's a three row SUV. Yeah. It's a, it, it, it's a three row yeah, it it's not as I mean it's not as large as something like a suburban. So it's it's sort of Ford Explorer uh big really. Is 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 that Ford Explorer Kia Telluride size SUV the most popular now? I mean, I would think maybe something smaller like RAV4 and CRV ish. Yeah, you're still looking. I mean the 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 big market is in you know, compact or small SUVs. I mean, they're not that small anymore, to be honest. A RAV4 is a pretty big vehicle. But yeah, RAV4, Honda CRV, uh, that class, which, to be honest, has been a little bit quiet of late. There's a new CRV on its way. So, you know, be interesting to see what, what the next year brings for that. What are we calling that? Is that small or is that medium? Yeah, compact, compact <laughs> or small. Okay. And then you have subcompact, which is things like Mazda CX-30, um that kind yeah, of yeah uh h h r h c r what's the honda yeah what's HRV. yeah right and um and then in the luxury category that'd be like bmw x1 right yes uh, and we generally choose the luxury based on 
most of the time on brand. It gets a bit complicated when you get into EVs and you get things like the Mustang that we're still, you know, it's still very much in the kind of like luxury price range. Um, but yeah, we tend to choose that. Brand. I mean, this year the 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 luxury EV was the um, the Taycan Cross Turismo because the Taycan nearly won last year, uh, but we gave it to Mackie in the end. But then the Cross Turismo just addresses a lot of the concerns which were really around practicality and versatility. And yeah, it's it's a ton of money, you know. So paying, the, paying well the, over a hundred grand, but it's a hell of a thing. The Cross Turismo. If you guys aren't following that, there's the the Taycan. Which I guess is a hatchback, but this is uh, more sedan, of a technically, yeah, it is. But it, but it's got a hatch in the back. Is it like a? No, it's a sedan. It looks like it's got a hatch, but it's a sedan because it Isn't looks it? like oh, it has. It Hang on, I thought I it was kind of like an A7, like an Audi A7, yeah, like yeah, yeah. like it's a big hatch, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's got like a big hatch, but it's not a wagon per se. And the the Cross Turismo is the wagon, right? Yeah, it's got the the big ass in the back. Uh, and then just to con- and, and that's got the like the little bit of off-road or all-terrain capability. It's got the air suspension. It's got the kind of protection around the wheel arches. And then just to confuse you further, there's something called a Sport Turismo, which is a Cross Turismo without the all-terrain hardware, and that's only available as a GTS. Okay. So, right. but we like the the Cross Turismo looks cool. It'll bumble around off-road. It'd be an amazing car to take skiing or something like that. Um, and it's a chunk of change, but uh, it's a hell of a thing. Okay, so to to differentiate the Taycan from the Cross Turismo was not just making it a wagon per se. Is they they actually gave it a little bit of a lift kit and like kind of the more aggressive off roady kind of look with some wheel arches. Although it's it's still just a it's not an SUV. It's just it's basically a Porsche Subaru at this point. <laughs> yeah, it's a. <laughs> or an Audi, Audi all road as well. Marketing, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> we made the Subaru of Porsches. If you want to spend one hundred ninety thousand dollars on a Subaru, come get the Cross Turismo. <laughs> You're hired. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then the Sport Turismo, which we did see at LA Auto Show, right, uh, is only a GTS, and that is the the lowered sporty version of it because now if we start to get into an off-road gts it gets even more confusing than we already are <laughs> yes but you can even you can though the car that we had which was this, this looks great actually it was a great it was this green car with really um with quite a lot of kit on it you can actually pretty much specify a 4s into a gts spec even as a cross turismo if you really plunder the options list but yeah it's a good thing and actually because it has the air suspension you actually gives you decent ground clearance and everything else so it's uh there's not a, the only thing that I, that I don't like about it there's not a huge amount of room in the rear it's still a little bit tight for sort of knee room in the in the back but uh it's uh it's a handsome car and it it, it works really well okay so but i am curious because it it seemed like some people were complaining, I guess, about the ergonomics or something that's going on. I haven't driven the Taycan yet. Uh, I, I, I do remember a friend, a huge uh, Porsche fan has, you know, let's just say he's well-funded and has uh, everything you could possibly imagine uh, in the Porsche family. And he had his for like six months. He's like, I really, really wanted to make it work. And I, I set it back basically. And, uh, he just said he had some, 
I was a little frustrated on the on the inside, just trying to get some things to to work ergonomically. Does that make sense? Maybe maybe with the infotainment system or something. He didn't he didn't want to shit on the brand too much, so I was just trying to figure out what is it in there that's so different than the the rest of the Porsche lineup. Yeah, I mean, he, he obviously has things like Apple CarPlay if you want to um, to use that tech. I mean, I think it is just a different. It is a different experience, you know. I, as you know, I'm fortunate to have driven all the all the current Porsches, and you know, this it feels a little bit artificial. You know, if, they, if you want, if you put it into into Sport Plus mode, then it does give you noise, but it's kind of an artificial engine sort mm-hmm. of motor noise. It, it's, you know, if you've grown up and if you're used to gas powered Porsches, and obviously the noise has been such an integral part of of that brand's appeal for so long, you know, there is there is something missing. I mean, it still drives great. It steers yeah. nicely. Um, you know, it's beautifully built and beautifully, you know, it, it looks terrific. But, yeah, it, it's a different thing. You just don't have that. I mean, it's a bit like when, for me, it's a little bit like when you when Porsche introduced the, the latest 718, the Boxster and the Cayman with the four-cylinder motor. And, yeah, it still went really fast, but it just didn't sound good. And so yeah. it didn't feel as, as Porsche-like. And I can understand if you, you know, if you, come out of 911 so you sort of feel something's missing a little bit and why is it that we're all still talking about the Taycan and we never mentioned the audi e-tron gt is that even out yet yeah we had one i mean we've spent time in it and, and in theory it's a it's a Taycan with a you know it's still got a pretty distinctive body and we were just left a bit underwhelmed by it it was I wouldn't say it was intangible. It just, a lot of the detail stuff just isn't as good as the, the Taycan. Um, and I think we all had a high hopes and, you know, it's fine, but, uh, but it certainly doesn't move the needle like the Porsche because did. It's not inexpensive. It's not like, Hey, you, you step out of Porsche and you go over to, you know, to Audi and you save $50,000 on a $150,000 car. You don't, it's expensive. No, you that- don't. Uh, <laughs> you, you, no, you really don't. And I think that was probably part of the, the issue, not for brand snobbery, but just because you know you kind of like you, an R eight is a lot cheaper than a, you know, than a than the, the equivalent Lamborghini. So yeah. uh, you know that's what you're used to. And then you look at this GT, and I don't know, we 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 were just left a bit cold by it. Looks cool though. You, you just saved me some money, Alistair. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, right. Because we were Bill and I were talking. We're like, we kind of like the Audi look a little bit better. Like it's a cool car, and it just looks a little better. I, I just think it's the same conversation we keep having going. It, there, it, everything is very close on the EV market. Like we're buying them, we're leasing them, but we're, we're two to three years away from going. Now it's like, it's a really good, it's not a toy or a gimmick anymore. It's like, it's a little bit more of a, of, of a real thing. And I, I'm not trying to discount what, what everyone's done with EVs, especially Tesla. Like they've been around for a long time and, evolve that car into something you know pretty pretty cool uh, but yeah it just seems like there's a we need a little bit more feedback so everybody that's out right now with like the first version of you know the first mach e the first Taycan, the first audi you know e-tron you know like i i think it's the second version it's the you know two or three years into the model lineup that is going to be really impressive yeah, it I must be the end of the year because you just said something good about Tesla. <laughs> well, I 
<laughs> my gripe has mostly been with the company and the antics around the company, not so much the vehicle. You know, like that's always been what pushes everyone's buttons. And to tell you the truth, that's kind of what gets, you know, Twitter fired up is, you know, you, you say something about the car or the brand and it's usually, you know, something brand negative and people are like, well, you're out of your mind. Tesla's the best. I'm like, ah, that's uh, all right. But that's what, 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 like, what are we really talking about here? You know, because <laughs> yeah. every single time somebody gives Alistair a hard time is like, I don't know why you hate Tesla so much. And we're like, he owns a Tesla. He well, bought the, a the, Tesla and it's still the <laughs> highest rated again this well, year. Well, the Model 3 won this year the, the, <laughs> outside the luxury class. because she And even, I mean, the Model 3 has had some pretty big price hikes, uh, you know, in the last yeah. in the last year. I think it's had three price rises in the last 12 months. So we were a little bit on the fence about it initially. But honestly, for 44 grand, there's still really nothing, nothing better than a, than a standard range plus. So, yeah, we always have some funny. We keep this the third year in a row. It's won, but everybody still hates me. So what can you do? <laughs> you're still the Tesla basher. They're just like you're paid off by the other car companies because by big oil. I'm yeah, by big oil. By big oil. <laughs> big oil is paying you off. I was like, listen, I want to see that check. I want to see that big oil paycheck or that that advertising. But my, my, you know, I. I haven't seen it anywhere. I've never seen Alistair go, hey, I'm here to review the new Tesla sponsored by Chevron. It's like, you know, like, Do you I, know what I did? Um, I did a, when I did the Rivian film, it was, it was yeah. raining for the first time all year in Southern California. And I had my um, Dakar rally jacket with me and I missed it at the time. And it was only when I was watching the edit that it had total branding on it because total was one of the sponsors of the Dakar rally. This is when I did the Dakar years ago. And um, film the Dakar, I should say. I didn't actually do the Dakar, but uh, but I suddenly realised I was doing an EV test with uh, with total written on me. And I, I, thought, I think that's and fantastic. I, I was going to say you should do it. You should just straight up wear the the shell. And you know, what? everybody's like, you're going to get so much grief for this. And I think it was like two weeks. The film's got half a million views or something. And about two weeks into it, somebody on YouTube suddenly spotted it. And it had like, I was like waiting for it on day one. I'm surprised like, it took that oil. long. There it is. There, there it is. is. Big it's oil. Big oil. <laughs> big oil on his left breast. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Um, it's it's. Anyway, the whole thing is just kind of goofy. All right. So walk us through some of the other winners that we've got here. You've got a handful of categories uh, what are we up to? It, yeah, there's one that guys that you guys I think will enjoy. So let, let's just let's just go from the uh, from from the start. So uh, SUV Kia Telluride luxury SUV Genesis GV70. Um, I'll come back to sports car because that's a good one to chat about. Uh, truck Ford F150 EV Tesla Model Three luxury EV Taycan Cross Turismo sedan Honda Civic. I mean that's terrific for twenty mm-hmm. grand. Luxury sedan, uh, also new this year, Mercedes S-Class. I mean, they've just knocked it out of the park. And then the editor's choice, the the Rivian R1T. So most of the vehicles actually in this lineup were new this year. The S-Class was, the Civic was, Cross Turismo sort of was, although it's it's kind of a a tweak on the Taycan. Um, And then the sports car, which was the last one, if you may remember the, um, the Chevy Corvette one last year, um, and it came close to winning again, but in the end, we just loved the new um, the new BRZ and uh, the Subaru, and yeah, you know the, the Corvettes eighty grand to get it in the spec that that we'd all want, you know, and the Subaru's under thirty, and it's just a fantastic little sports car at a at a really accessible price, and you know that's why that's what tipped the balance in the end. And sports car is an interesting one because 
the price ranges kind of run the gamut if you just do a sports car category, right? Yes, and that's something that we're always conscious of. And we do try taking, you know, value or accessibility. We do, you know, we do naturally sort of take into account a little bit because you can have the Subaru or the Toyota 86, but we prefer the Subaru at, you know, at 30, 30 grand. Um, so it's just a lot within within reach of a lot more people. And that's the great thing. Yeah, I, I've, you know, I've driven a few over the years. They've been fun, but they've always seemed like a little gutless, like a little down on power. And I think they've got a little bit bump in power, which uh, I think is interesting. But we've had this conversation about the uh, about the Supra as well. The Supra, you know, the small engine's okay, the big engine's faster, but the car lacks a little something. It's not quite as as dynamic as you kind of hope it would be. And uh, oddly enough, especially for a guy my size, that car is snug. Like it's it's tight inside the Supra. That is not a roomy car. So I'm not even sure who the audience is on the BMW Z4 side of things, but uh, it's it seems tiny. Yeah, I mean, we the Supra, I wouldn't say it was disappointing, but it's not, it's certainly when you look at the price relative to the Corvette, I'd have the Corvette every time. What's nice about the BRZ is, yeah, you're right. The old, the original version was was terrific. I mean, you've got you know rear wheel drive, stick shift, you know, uh, great looking little thing, but it just lacked a bit of power. And and the new one has got more power, um, and it's pretty adjustable. I drove it on the track; it's pretty adjustable. But what I like about it is, you know, you can kind of have fun in it going to Whole Foods. You know, yeah. this is I I drove so much stuff like you guys do with you know six, seven hundred, eight hundred horsepower now. And it's pretty unusable. Whereas that thing, you know, you can get in and you can nail it everywhere. And, and that, there's a lot of fun to be had in that. But if you're, if you're like me and you like to drive an 800 horsepower uh, uh, Hellcat, go to Dodge258.com and make sure <laughs> you register because in a couple of days, the sweepstakes is going to be over with. And if you register and win, you get a Hellcat worth 105,000 bucks. So just putting it, out, putting it out there for everybody who is waiting for the high horsepower category to be up. Yeah, yeah. All right. Good plugs. Brought to you ah. by Big Oil. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, you, you need to be sponsored by Big Oil to run one of those things. To run. <laughs> yeah. you, 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 you pretty much do. Um, oh, good. Bill, when you did... I don't remember what was the last year you did the Toyota pro celebrity race out here. Uh, they've stopped it for a few years now, but the last race that you did, they didn't have the, they didn't have the FRS yet. Right. The, the, the BRZ and the FRS. So you, you didn't get it. You were still in the Celicas. Yes. I was. Celica. They, yeah, poured, they okay. poured me in. Yes. Yeah. So you're still in the Celica on that one. Uh, Cause they did the, the the FRS the Toyota version of of the BRZ they did that for a few years as well, um, and it you're right, Alistair. It was it was a much better race. It was a much more exciting race, and all they did was like take the muffler off to make them loud and paint <laughs> an air filter. They didn't really have to do anything else. Where the Celicas, they did something. I think even the Celicas might have had like little superchargers, like little Vortex superchargers or something. Or no, the TC was it the Scion TC? I think that's they had to put little superchargers on them just to get them to 
So, so it didn't look like a bunch of celebrities in bumper cars. In mine, how do you think mine was rolling down the track when I was weighing 300 pounds? Yeah, I, I just think about that, Bill. Was everybody just drive past you on the straights? Yeah, that shows how good a driver I was because I, I missed the pole by a tenth of a second. I, yeah, and then That's I, impressive. I wrecked the car, remember, and broke my arm, smashing the side view mirror. Yeah, no, when you say, that, like, to be fair... You broke your arm. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> <It was, laughs> you broke your arm when you punched the mirror off the car. <laughs> yes. Is that a true story? Did that, that really happen? Oh, yes, yeah. The statute of limitations is over, so I can admit it. All right. Wait. So remind us again. Tell us how that went down. I'm, I can't remember who was leading the race. It was about it was about halfway in the race. I'm, I'm in second, and I cannot, I can't catch her. It was the Olympic swimmer. Um, she won. She she wrecked the year before on the final. Yeah. They brought her back, and she was screaming. She can drive, and I was like I said, I was a tenth of a second off of her for the pole. Uh, race was about halfway over. Very long story short, I'm pushing so hard I broke the gearbox. Go figure. <laughs> and uh, and the, and then uh, I slide into the wall, jump out, and uh, try to break this side view mirror because I was so pissed off, and I. I cracked my, yeah, my forearm, which was pretty funny. Uh, it, was the, it was one that, that had the joint in it as opposed to one that was just a fixed, you know, it had yeah. the joint, so it was much stronger and yeah, much stronger than my, yes. So anyway, yeah, it was a lot of fun. But I had is, to this, is this on YouTube? Is it on YouTube? No, because I don't think anybody knew he broke his arm immediately because I remember like no, he went back why. and... Yeah, don't say don't say why I said it or anything. But yeah, nobody knew that I broke my arm. Yeah, yeah, uh, right. I'm not going to say why, but you you went back and I don't know if it was like your agent or who was there, and you're like, yeah, it seemed frustrating, but everything okay? And you're like, uh, like I'm pretty sure I broke my arm, and I stayed like this, and I'm like, yeah, you yeah. Know what? let's get out of here before I figure out. Yeah, that I mean, break my arm. I mean, so, yeah. Dara Torres, by the way, she was the Olympian. Yeah. And she's been in out there before and she's been fast out there before. Oh, right? yes. yeah. very, very fast. But that shows how well I could drive at the time, because even with the disadvantage of me being three times her body weight, I was rolling <laughs> on her, man. I was, I was. Anyway. Uh, was, yeah. I don't That's know where that car is. That car is about me, you know, you, you, Get some kind of a. I, I wonder if that car is sitting up at uh, at Willow Springs at uh, Danny McKeever's lot up at McKeever's place with a with the mirror smashed on it because he's got a collection of those things up there. He's got the if FRSs is, and stuff up there as well. Is, he's cussing me. <laughs> it'll be it'll be at some auction as mirror as smashed by B Goldberg. Yeah. Oh, great! It'll end up. Uh, oh. It'll end up. Yeah, give it some time. It'll be in the uh, the memorabilia section of Barrett Jackson one day. <laughs> yeah, Angel. Um, all right, guys, we're gonna. I, I think we're gonna wrap things up. We're gonna wrap things up for the year. Uh, I don't know what the plan is next week. I think next week we're running uh, like a best of show, or uh, you know, maybe Chris will pick one of his favorites from the year and run that. Uh, but we will be back uh, next year. I want to say. Thanks, guys. It's been a kind of a crazy year for everybody. And uh, and uh, assuming Alistair makes it back from Europe. 
Um, you know, yeah, first and foremost, Alistair, make it back safely. Uh, happy holidays to everybody, uh, both you and Matt and Chris and everyone and all the listeners. Thank you guys and girls for tuning in. And uh, we have nothing but a, a more fantastic docket of shows uh, in store for 2022. And we'll finally get to talk real time about my garage being built. So. <laughs> but that might be 2023. You never know. Yeah, you never know. It's going to happen. Might be, happen. Might, be built, might be built at the same time as the Cybertruck. Who knows? <laughs> might be built at the same time you get back on, on U.S. boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah thank you thank you for having me on matt bill i always enjoy it and thanks for listening everybody it's um it's always a treat it's it's so nice you can come and do a job where you just talk about what you love so good you know, to come in and talk about cars privilege. uh give us a plug for for Edmonds. obviously it's edmunds.com is there a particular url or anything we should be looking for on youtube for yeah just uh, for the for the awards is edmunds.com slash top rated um, and we also have a new editorial page at edmunds.com slash news uh, for all our kind of latest stuff. And, of course, on our YouTube channel, all the um, all the films are all the winners and a big highlights package uh, presented by me, but you can't have everything. Uh, so check out the YouTube channel for that. And all right, guys. Social and everything else. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. And everybody have a good new year. Until next time, keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. Dodge258.com. See ya. Go get your car. Presented by Big Oil. (laughs) And Dodge. Boom! Be good, guys. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit carcastshow.com. Oh, 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 o